You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. All right, we are back, bet slipping listeners. Welcome to another week. Week uh, week nine was interesting. I know my uh, my Bengals had a very big win in cover. A lot of other teams look good. The Bills lost. It's a game we'll talk about later. The primetime game was Chiefs Titans on uh, Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs didn't cover, but the Chiefs won. So uh, there was a lot of fun. I hope you had a good time betting. I hope you listened. I went two and one last week. Anything over 500, you know, you got to take, uh, especially sometimes how the season looks and us giving picks so far in advance. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm a fan of two and one. I uh, I didn't have written down what I hit on, but you're just going to have to trust me or go back and listen on those. So we're on to week 10. Let's move on. Bigger and better things, right? So week 10, we're going to have Ethan Feinstein, Feinstein. There we go. Yo- He's a writer for Sportsbook Wire. Ethan, tell them where you can, where they can find you. Uh, any other shameless plug you want? <laughs> you can, you can find me on Twitter. That's my, that's my shameless uh, app that I use. Uh, Bet on Ethan is the handle. Um, so yeah, you can, you can check me out there. Yeah. No, I'm. I hope the listeners do. All right. So anything you like on him, go check out there. And uh, let's get, let's get into it. Right. You got any, you got any other comments? No, I got. I'm, 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 I'm ready to jump in. All right, sounds good. My personal note is I destroyed the uh, the Chiefs Titans under last last night, and I felt great about life. So I needed that. I needed to feel great about life there. All right, whatever. We'll, All right, let's we'll roll that into to no, a, a more win here. We need to move on before I before I get emotional. All right, let's move on. All right, okay. so. <laughs> For week 10, for our odds, per usual, they're brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook. I am not sure if Tipico has launched launched in Ohio. I live in Ohio, and I know it's not legal till January 1st, but if you open their app, it is now an option. So, And I know the, they're the official ticketing sportsbook of the Columbus crew, so I think there could be a good chance that they're going to be licensed in Ohio. So just be on the, be on the watch out for that. For now, Typico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader, and they're live in New Jersey and Colorado right now. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Typico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast, yes, this podcast, will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. You have to be 21 or older for details. For site details, see site for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey, 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. One more time, usatodaybet.com slash podcast. All right, Ethan, ready? Go time. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, We have seven games we're kicking off uh, week 10 with. I believe – I know my Bengals are on a bye. I'm not sure who else is. I should have looked that up. Uh, The Ravens are on a bye, uh, the Patriots, and I believe the Jets. 
Ooh, a lot of fun games that we won't get a bet on. Jets football was getting thrilling at this point in the season. That's right. All right, so our first game on the slate that we're going to talk over is Falcons-Panthers. So right now it's Falcons at Panthers. The Panthers are getting three points. The total set at 44, and a half, or 44 straight up. There is not... There, there's not a ton of juice. It's minus 110 always. Um, I don't know if it's a sharp play or not a sharp play, but when I did my research, so this is kind of how my handicapping goes. I do my research. I look at what I like, and then I look to see if the line makes sense. So in what, in, in a lot of the categories that I like to research before I give out a pick, there, there's a lot that suggests the over should be a good play here. So the Panthers, for starters, they should be in full tank mode, but they did bring in Baker Mayfield last last game, last game against my Bengals. There was a combined 63 points in that game. So Atlanta has been better than Carolina this season, but they sit second to last in opponent's red zone attempts. Well, Carolina is third to last in opponent's red zone attempts. I think given all the problems with Carolina, this the, the public should go under this. And I think there's a realistic scenario where the Panthers start Baker instead of P.J. Walker. I mean, he was three for 10 with two interceptions in week nine. If you have any type of credibility to your system, you should start Baker. And Baker is going to be the better the better quarterback for the total, I would think, in this game. And the Falcons have let teams drive. I mean, clearly, um, if, if, if you rank second in opponent's red zone attempts, you either turn the ball over a lot, which they don't really, or you give a ton of red zone attempts and a lot of touchdowns. So both teams also sit bottom eight in opponent's third down conversion rate, which is clearly a reason why they are able to go the distance so far or why their opponents are able to. I know neither offense is like that sexy, dynamic Josh Allen offense. But they both defenses give up yards. The Atlanta defense has not been good this season. Um, and I think the over 44 is a strong play on this one. So I kicked it off. Why don't, why don't you give them what, what your thoughts are? So, you know, I definitely looked at this game and I saw Carolina as just, you know, not a good team. Atlanta, I didn't think that they were good. I guess I still kind of don't think that they're very good, but they're playing much better. Um, so, so my gut definitely started rooting for Atlanta and I guess it still does. You know, I noticed Carolina is 31st in opponent rushes per game. Atlanta is all over the run this season. So it, it really seems like it is playing to Atlanta's strength. Um, you know, for Carolina, I guess it doesn't really matter which quarterback starts. There's an old adage that, you know, the, your favorite player on a, on a football team is the backup quarterback, just, you know, because, they have, you know, they're not currently on the field playing poorly. And I feel not like really. that's just, that's, I feel like that's just all I'm, I'm waiting for Sam Darnold to, to make a start. For some reason, I think he's going to be, you know, much better than these two. But the point is, I am definitely on the public side of the under. Um, uh, I'll, I'm ready to be wrong on that one after hearing you, but I'm, I'm definitely looking. Um, we're all just on the over under. I'm definitely feeling. I guess I don't really know what your spread is, but I'm I'm liking Atlanta to cover. I know I know the the dreaded field goal line, and this is above it is you know a, a trap. But there is no way I trust Carolina, and they're gonna have to prove me wrong before I start doing so. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think another strong point is that, like, 
why isn't uh no one thought Atlanta would be good coming into the season and why aren't they in like a I'm gonna bet you until you start proving me wrong type deal like they are a solid six and three against the spread if you're oh my god they're great you shouldn't typically be bet against against one of the worst teams in football like Carolina on the other hand is three and six against the spread so like I can't stress that's exactly what I thought when I looked at this line. You know, you said for you when you go into it, you you kind of have a gut decision or an eye test and you see if the line fits. I I saw that this line and I was something has to be up. Uh, you know, maybe it's because they're away. But Atlanta's three and one against the spread as the away team. Carolina's two and three at home against the spread. So I don't. There's some stat I must be missing, but it, it, it definitely seems like Atlanta's going to be having the game that they want to play. I will say Atlanta has not been in a way favorite this season. So that means that a lot of the times they've covered, especially earlier on in the season, we're like, hey, we still think oh, yeah. books were like in the public too. I mean, I don't know what they opened up week one, but the public had to have been like, hey, guys, you suck. I mean, their week one That's was right. against the Saints. Their week two was against the Rams. I'm pretty sure they were they were probably I think they were like ten and a half point underdogs against the Rams. Oh, I actually um, think that they were one of the favorites to have the worst record at the at the end of the season. So that you know that the, the, the a lot of people were riding against Atlanta. And I, I think there's still credence to that, which is why I wouldn't bet against them here. I will say how I I guess how I sports bet in general is difficult to back Atlanta because it just feels like everyone will be on Atlanta. You know what I mean? Oh, like, interesting. Oh, if yeah. Not, if there's not 70% of people on Atlanta, I would be shocked because the reasons we just gave. It's almost Definitely. like sometimes when it's so obvious, it's like, can I bet it? And and, and certainly I think that's that's a difference between our betting styles as, as I yeah. see the public and, and I'm like, you know, I, let's let's, you know, let me join the mob here. Uh, kind of thing, and you kind of you kind of see the the you well, know kind of, the dangers of doing so. I've also dove in with with Jeff, who obviously used to used to host this podcast. I've dove in, uh, dove in with him on him, and I, some days I really think it only matters when like it's a primetime game because the amount of money on those. So, right. like I said, I don't really have solid data. I haven't put a system together to back that up. Maybe next year, maybe one day, but. It makes sense that a book's going to care more if 70% of the uh, bets right. hit if there's 5 million versus 50 million. So I don't know. That's all to, that's all to say. I'm, I'm taking the over here. Uh, it'll be one of my better bets, and I typically always bet the oh, under. So oh, oh, this is going to be I fun. You, I, I, I will. I, will I hope you see if you go to the window with your one bet. Uh, I, have a, I have a reason now to watch this Thursday game a, a bit more closely. Yeah, my full yeah. attention. I think that's my point is with sports betting, you have a reason to watch every game. Oh, that's exactly why I'm in. I'm, I'm doing this, you know, first time, first time I bet and watch the game. It's great. All right. Round two. Let's move on. Um, geez, I don't have a lot of these in game by game order, which I seriously should. But round two, we're going Texans versus Giants. And I actually think I think you said something like, hey, I'm not playing a lot of the sexy games, but like, dude, Texans at Giants. I don't know what's more. Tell me, tell, tell me how. Tell, Count me in, baby. Is all I'm saying. Tell, so, tell me how this game is sexy. Tell me. Yeah. Tell, tell me how. Saquon Barkley is. I mean, uh, all I'm saying is count me in. Okay. Um, so, 
Let's see. So the spread is six and a half. The Giants are at home. It's a one o'clock game. The over-under set at 41 and a half. I'm playing the under. You playing the under? I am also playing the under, thankfully. Great. You're just going to keep playing the under. We're going to go see <laughs> these on this one. I don't have a spread on this. You can give your handicap. Go for it. I'll let you spew. spew I, mean, I was, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll spew. I mean, you know, we're both on the under. The, the Giants are two and six. Uh, I guess I guess they lean they've hit the under six out of, out of eight games. Um, you know it. The Texans have not really shown that that, that they can score. Um, you know they're 29th in yards per pass. You know they're 28th in interceptions, 22nd in completion percentage. Like it 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 doesn't seem like the stats point to the Texans just not putting up a lot of points here, and. You know, I I doubt the Giants can can really put the score on their back to really drive up the number. So, uh, and why would they need to with Saquon Barkley? They could just run this, run the clock down the entire time. And for the Texans, even if they're behind, they're still going to run the clock um, because you know Davis Mills just doesn't really throw it uh, as much as any other team would. So uh, that's why I like the under. Yeah, and there is not more I can disagree. And it's kind of like when me and Jeff used to agree, it's like, hey, you start yours, and then just for a little reassurance, I'll give you my my cases. So, Oh, yeah, happy to give you that. The Giants, like you said, are 2-6. and six. The Texans are 4-4, four and four, which is kind of crazy to think. I think it's just because their defense is sometimes that bad. Um, so you got to think about it. If the Giants are almost a touchdown favorite – it should be the Texans who play from behind, who should play from behind. I think that's reasonable to us to assume. So the Giants, their, their past defense has actually been incredible this season. They rank second in opponents' completion percentage, um, and they rank fourth in opponents' third down uh, percentage, where Houston is nineteenth, which is also actually reasonable. Both teams also win the turnover margin consistently this season. They're both positive in turnover margin, so. While that might seem like, hey, you should want turnovers, like you, you really don't in an under game. Like, I'm okay with these drives lasting long if they if they are able to stop them on third down, uh, more often than not, then the under should the time should keep going. Both teams are run heavy teams, um, and then both teams are also not great at passing the ball. So, like, if you're not great at passing the ball, and it's going to be Davis Mills versus Daniel Jones, and they rank 22nd and 16th in completion percentage. Third down should be common, and then ensuingly after that, it makes sense that third downs would be relatively difficult to um, to to convert. I mean, neither team right. neither team converts at a high rate, so you would think that if they get to that third down, it would be hard for them to convert. And what what did what did Damian Pierce get last week? He, I think he got like it was over a hundred. I thought he, right? he got yeah. a lot of yards, and they didn't churn out a ton of a ton of points, but what was it in terms of carries? I mean, they ran him into the dirt, didn't he? Yeah, they got That's right. they had 32 team carries in 27. I mean, Davis Mills had 13 completions. The clock's going to keep running. I don't think the Giants have any problem with that. The Giants' defense has been great, and their offense hasn't been great. Uh, 41's a, a relatively low total, but honestly, if the Texans score more than 17 and the Giants score more than 24, I would be pretty shocked here. So, I, 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 I agree. I yeah and and certainly uh if there has to be a spread pick you know i would i would be picking the giants minus six and a half they're three and one um 
at home against the spread. Uh, you know, certainly I like the under more than a, than a spread pick, but certainly I like the Giants much more than I do the Texans. Yeah, no, I, I agree as well. All right, round three, three of seven, going once. Let's do it. All right, three of seven. Let's see. We have two or the – let's go to um, Seahawks-Buccaneers. That All game right. is actually – I was looking up into this and I was like, man, why is that such a weird time? I believe that is the NFL's first game ever in Germany. That's right. And they're playing at – just so you soccer nuts don't – since you guys probably aren't soccer nuts here, they're playing at Bayern Munich Stadium. It's called Allianz Arena. It's beautiful. Soccer stadiums in Europe are just absolutely phenomenal. So that's just a side note. Um, the line is set at two and a half. The Buccaneers are favorites. Technically a home game for them, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the over-under is set at 44 and a half. I think this line's kind of suspect, if we're being honest. I think it's a little skeptical. I hate the, I hate the line. I think when there is a suspect line and I kind of have numbers to back it up, but like, this is just the psychology of this to me. When there's a suspect line and one team's four and five and the other team's six and three, you want to go with the side that feels worse. And you know what side kind of feels worse to me is Tampa Bay. Like why would Tampa Bay beat a surging Seahawks team? That's kind of where I'm at. It doesn't really make a ton of sense on that side, but you kind of have to move over to, why why might it make sense then then make the numbers once you once you have something in your head once you have the psychology done make it make sense now so tampa bay is last in rushing play percentage they're 11th in completion percentage oddly enough they haven't ran the ball a ton and tom brady's still rocking a solid completion percentage well seattle's weakness isn't in the run game it's in the pass defense game they rank 17th in opponents completion percentage while they can rush the quarterback they rank 24th in opponents average passer rating Seattle's hot right now, but they've struggled with injuries and they've struggled against really complete teams like Atlanta and San Fran. Like San Fran is really a team that it's gritty and can make you play at their pace. And it seems like that's the type of game that um, Seattle's going to struggle in. Like New Orleans and Arizona, the teams that they've beat, two teams that they've gone three and zero against combined, Arizona is going to play at your pace their defense is so bad that they play at your pace i think tampa bay is going to be able to control this game control the pace control um how they want to play it and i think two and a half is a fine line i and i i think it'll be a public dog which sounds crazy but i think betting on tom brady sometimes is a smart play now i mean it's definitely his his game last week you know like he he pulled the win where where very few could so it could be momentum running. I, you know, I saw this spread line and I am avoiding uh, exactly for the reasons that you said. You know, Tampa Bay has not looked good, but for some reason the books like this matchup. Seattle is, from what I can tell, a, a team that, that is actually tough to beat. Um, and yet they're behind. Um, you know, all the numbers point to, look, if Tampa Bay can't get the rushing game going, at all, then it, it Tom Brady seems there seems like a strategy to to at least limit him and his ability. So, you know, do I think Leonard Fournette and Rashad White are going to go off? No. So, uh, but there's always a chance. So that's why I am avo- avoiding it. But I will say, 
Uh, I do like the under for that reason is, you know, it, it, it seems like the one thing I can really rely on is the fact that Tampa Bay has not been scoring a lot. Um, and Seattle is, is I guess prone to regress um, after what was, you know, the first few weeks they were scoring a ton. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's kind of like New Orleans last night too. Like New Orleans had been so hot that eventually they have to take a step back offensively. So and it doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just a step. It's just it just you know coming back to the mean um, is is all that I'm anticipating. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. So. I don't have anything more on that game. I am going to be happy waking up and getting a Seahawks-Bucks game. That's for sure. I mean, I'm still going to watch. Sounds like a thrilling little Sunday morning event. Um, All right, so let's move on. We're going to talk briefly about – so this is going to be our fourth game, just if you're keeping tabs. We're going to talk briefly about the Vikings versus the Bills. It's a 1 p.m. game. I told Ethan before the show, I was like, hey, I don't really know if I want to have much on this game because one headline that Sports Illustrated, uh, I think the Sports Illustrated Bills site, uh, we're going to sort this from Geoff, Jeff, Maglianici. Wow, that was that was a mouthful. He said that there's limited but hope for Josh Allen to play Sunday, which sounds insane because it could also be, what, a season-ending injury? If it's right. uh, bad enough, I guess. If it's um, bad enough. Either way, if if you don't know the status of Allen on Tuesday, I don't think you can necessarily play this. I will say the line, I believe, the line is set at five and a half. That's right. Um, it's at the Bills. The line's five and a half. The over-under is set at 45 and a half. Um, do, do you have a play in the game? The only play I have is, is look, in, in Buffalo's schedule, they beat the Rams, the Titans, uh, the Ravens, Kansas City, Green Bay. Um, but of those teams, you know, the Rams haven't really been good. You know, Pittsburgh hasn't been good. Green Bay hasn't been good. The the team, besides Tennessee, their games against uh, Kansas City and Baltimore were all one-score games. And that was with Allen playing. And, and I looked at this line and I said, look, Minnesota is not a bad team. They're top of the they're top of their division and you know five and a half is a big get um it's it's a number that i i currently feel is worth the risk if if alan is either limited or doesn't play that number is gonna that number is gonna i don't know invert it might be too much but it's gonna drop um for a game that minnesota should still be competitive I actually was um, will probably throw maybe a half unit or a quarter unit just on Minnesota just to win um, the lines at uh, plus one ninety five I believe so you know it's it's a it, it's a dart throw it's a chance but Minnesota could very well win you know it's not this isn't Buffalo playing you know what we were talking down Carolina where you know it's it's not a matchup like that it's two top teams so uh, it's it's a number that I or it's it's a game that I thought to take a risk on and that's that's what i intend on doing yeah no and i don't hate it and maybe if you feel like there's value right now you get some you get some line movement in your favor like if you really don't think that josh allen's gonna play and you want to bet buffalo and he does play five and a half probably might shoot um potentially over that touchdown i don't i don't know but uh 
I think five and a half is certainly an interesting line. Yes, I can. I can believe, and I, I believe it was um, when the yesterday. Um, I think it was like six and a half or, or even seven. So um, it's it definitely moving towards um, in Minnesota's favor. Yep. No, I I completely get it. And I in Minnesota seven and one. I was actually Jeff called me an idiot, but I was on Minnesota preseason. I I can't stress enough. I, I was this close to getting a uh, Vikings win the division um, ticket. I just I, I I don't know. I I I chickened out. So so I, that's hurting watching this happen. Hate to see it. That's just to remind you guys that whenever you think about something, just go ahead, put the ticket in. We're gambling here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next game up on the docket, Colts at Raiders. This is prone. This is primed to be an interesting game. I'm uh, spread is set at uh, six now. It was I wrote down five and a half, so I might give out five and a half, but I also have I, I did it is six. So um, the total set at forty two and a half. I know this is going to be a strong, strong, strong public play, but there's no way I don't go Raiders minus five and a half here. It's just you. You can't not, unless there's breaking news at the end of the week that Matt Ryan's going to start. Because Matt Ryan might suck, but he's still better than Sam Erlinger. Um, so there's reasons to hate against what Las Vegas has done this season. I mean, they obviously have struggled. Uh, they ranked dead last in components per completion percentage. But honestly, Erlinger hasn't looked good this season, so it might give them a little break. He was 15 for 29 for 103 yards and a pick against the Pats, and they scored just three points. No running back had more than 25 yards. So, and it seems it, it also kind of feels like they're throwing in the the white flag. Like, why are, are you going to make Jonathan Taylor come back just to take 30 carries against the Raiders just to maybe get injured more? They're not a dynamic team offensively. And the Raiders' weakness, their incompetency on the defensive side should be covered up. Um, and I think this is a tough game to really back the Raiders in, too. Like, why they, they just didn't cover or win on the road against Jacksonville. Um, Darren Waller should be back. The, the connection with Carr and Adams is certainly improving. Um, and the Colts have had a pretty bad pass defense as well. They rank fifth in opponents completion percentage. So I think that's something the Raiders should take advantage of. I would back the Raiders at minus five and a half. I really don't think this will be a very uh, high stakes game. Like I don't think a lot of people are going to run out and bet on Vegas. Um, but I would take the Raiders minus five and a half. I, I couldn't agree more. This is, this is, this is one of my better, my more confident bets um you know the the colts have have not looked good um uh, you know they got what two yards per play last game which is atrocious that's that's dead last um so you know that here's the thing just like you know the, the colts are one and four against the spread in in away games you know vegas is two and one um uh both at, for home games um, and as a home favorite. So, you know, I, there is not a chance, like, I, not a chance, this is how I jinx it, but I would be genuinely surprised if the Colts were, played this game tight. And here's the thing is Vegas has allowed, in week one, they allowed 19 points. And that was the lowest amount. That was the best their defense was in allowing 19 points ever since it's been higher. So the, so the Colts, the Colts are going to play better this week than they did uh, in the past two weeks. I just don't think that, uh, you know, a, an injured Jonathan Taylor 
is going to be able to to put put the team on its back. So I'm 100% with you on on Vegas. Yeah, and uh it's kind of unfortunate because I part of me also thinks the over could be a play here like you heard me say how bad the Vegas defense has been and the total set at 42 and a half. I mean, if the Colts somehow get 17 in this game or 20, um, I think they have room to exploit a, a weak Raiders defense. So I guess we'll see on that end. But if there was a lean, I would actually lean to over. And it's kind of part of it's like, hey, I don't like playing the public, public sides. But, I mean, there's there's not a ton of reason to think that the Raiders defense can stop anyone right now either. Um, oh, yeah. And, and that's my point in saying that in week one was their best week of only allowing 19 points, only 19 points. So, you know, they're 28th in yards per game. They're 30th in opponent third down uh, conversion. So, you know, their, their defense is not great. So so I I'm avoiding this line, but I, I definitely see the, the potential for an over. Yep. Yep. Same. Same here. Same here. All right. Let's move on. Two games left on the docket. Cardinals at Rams. This this has a prom this has promising game written all over it. The line set at minus three and a half, which I also think is a little suspect, but we'll get over that. Um, three and a half, and then the total is set at forty three and a half. I think the Rams are in a good buy low spot here. Um, they just lost in a game most football fans would have been watching on the road to the Buccaneers. Matthew Stafford looked awful. He was 13 for 27. He had 165 yards. The Rams are the Rams are the reigning champs, and they're two five and one against the spread. Um, the simply put, the Rams have the have the components to make a flimsy Arizona defense uh, pay. Uh, Arizona ranks 28th in opponents' passer rating, so Stafford should have a much easier matchup on his hands. And then similarly. Who do you have besides you have Rondale Moore, but and you don't have a super aggressive run game, but they have Jalen Ramsey on that side who, who should be able to he should be covering wherever Hopkins goes on that side. So um the Cardinals give up the most red zone scoring attempts per game, and that's pretty concerning to me with a Rams team that should be able to move the ball quite frequently. Um and I like the minus three and a half. I I think it's kind of a good number. I could see this being like a 31-27 game or a uh, 24 23 game or something like that so um i guess we'll see but uh i'll take the minus three and a half with the rams and i'm sure you you're looking like you're going the opposite way no i i, I wrote down minus three and a half for the rams look you know the the rams have a top five rush defense and arizona is already struggling james connor's just not not doing so hot um this season you know i i definitely expect a shootout here you know, Arizona gives up 36 passes a game at a 68% uh, completion rate. So, you know, this is definitely a spot where Stafford can, can kind of, you know, launch the ball and, and actually, you know, focus on, on what they're good at, which is the pass because, you know, the Rams are, are 31st in rushes and yards per rush. So I'm, I am a hundred percent with you uh, on the Rams minus uh, three and a half. And I'm also liking the over, um, I don't know if you said the line, uh, I thought it was 43 and a half. Um, but I checked, uh, earlier, uh, um, I think I checked yesterday. So, um, let me know if that's changed, but either way, you know, I, I'm definitely expecting the offenses to, to be here. So uh, I do like the over. Yeah, I guess we'll see, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate the over. I just, I don't see any way that, uh, 
these teams really stop each other, I guess. Yeah, so, that's my point. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's move on to our final game. Our final game of this nice Tuesday afternoon is Chargers at 49ers. And I think this line is crazy almost. It's so it's oh, Chargers yeah. plus seven heading to the 49ers. Um, maybe the 49ers will blow them out. I have no idea. So it's plus seven. The total set at uh, 46. Uh, so Herbert's looking better. He's getting healthier. And they're five and three against the spread this season. San Fran is four and four. The Chargers are four and oh as a road team, one and all one and oh as an underdog. And the San Fran defense has regressed. They're 22nd in opponents completion percentage. And quite frankly, that's all I really have. And I feel like the Chargers should be able to uh make some magic happen. And I like them at plus seven. I mean I I noted exactly what you said. You know, the the Chargers are four and oh against the spread as the away team. Uh, and seven is a huge number for a team that's that's they're not bad. So so it's definitely look you know the the 49ers um, defense is, is pretty stellar. Um, you know they're they're the toughest defense against the run. Um, so you know Eckler will will have some some difficulties this game. But Herbert does like to throw, um, and and you know for I guess for those reasons like I'm I'm with you. I certainly think that the 49ers are going to win this game, but there is no way that I think that the chances of a blowout in my mind are not, not worth thinking that the 49ers could cover by over a touchdown. You know, even if, you know, hypothetically, if they were up two scores, you know, Herbert and this offense is, are easily the kind of people to score in garbage time. It's just, you know, seven's just a huge number that, that I, I have to back it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I get it. So uh, I think that that wraps up this. That wraps up the games. Ready to go to the window? Finish it up. Let's let's go to the window. The bet slipping podcast going to the window. All right. All right. We're here. We're at the window. I have. I'll, I'll let the guests go first. I have. Four I was about, about to say, if you claim some of mine, last time I certainly let you go, and then I ended up with with one thing at the window. So, um, so I appreciate it. So, I am definitely liking uh, Vegas to cover. Uh, I believe it was uh, minus five and a half, and then it moved to minus six. Um, so I like. I definitely like like them. I like the under for uh, under 41 for um, the Giants and Texans. Um, and I also want to put in a uh, Rams minus three and a half with a, a sprinkle of a half a unit on uh, the Vikings just to, to win straight up. Yeah, I, I don't hate those. So my four on the on the get on the table on the ones I'm taking to the window are Panthers Falcons over 44 Texans Giants under 41 and then the Bucks minus two and a half and the Rams minus three and a half so we can have some of the same ones we just gotta gotta make it make sense so again Ethan thank you for coming on I appreciate your time and research um so to everyone else whether you fade or follow us please uh give us your feedback like review subscribe do whatever you need and just uh Hopefully we have uh, – hopefully we give you some good advice. All right, team. Ethan, you got anything else to say? I, I was just going to say last time we went, uh, I believe it was three and two 
with our, our best bets or uh, maybe it was two and one, but we were positive the last time we were together. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll keep the train rolling. Yeah, let's, let's hope. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks for following wherever you, again, like review, subscribe, wherever. Thank you for uh, listening and hopefully, hopefully we'll make you some money. All right. Peace.